welcome to the Discuss and Discuss podcast, where we'll talk about happy money. Uh, today's happy money by Kendo Honda. Kendo? Oh God, I probably get it's Ken Honda. Honda. Yeah, <laughs> Ken. I don't know why. This is the <laughs> morning. Uh, I'm Derek. I'm Kevin. I have been suggesting this book to you for a while now, <laughs> and so we're finally getting to it because I find it so fascinating. It's a really fascinating topic, and we've done books to grow our our financial literacy. This one adds another element into it. You and I kind of put it down as uh, financial EQ, so uh, emotional intelligence. Before we get into that, what do you think of the book overall? I think it was okay. <laughs> Not like really recommending to people, but if they were like, <laughs> Hey, do you want, like have you read these books? These are the books, and and um, they haven't read this book. Then I'd be like, oh yeah, you could check out Happy Money, and it would help you develop a better emotional attachment to money. That way, actually, that that would be how I would present it. Actually, if people have a toxic relationship with money, like oh god, I never have enough money, or you know that depress. Oh, should we call it depressive? It's uh, it's it's more so like. Gosh, now I want to say it's repressive. Repressive. Because oppressive. <laughs> oppressive. <laughs> oh, okay, that's the one. We, we got oppressed. <laughs> it's, it's not so much like, um, what did you just say? You just said it. Like, <laughs> no. it's not an attachment to your money specifically. It does dive into this, but again, it's having, it's building a better relationship to your ideals about money and how you feel about it and so you know okay i value your opinion that it's okay <laughs> i like that this book this book honestly opened me up a little bit and how i think about money because we mentioned before that you and i our family has a really big impact on how we view money and our finance you know our family situations are different so of course our the way we view money is different where what our financial situation is right now also you know affects how we view money and speaking for myself specifically money and i <laughs> have an interesting relationship because i was always raised on the fact that you should not spend more than you have you should not buy anything you cannot afford and you always look out for the best deals so and so it's the uh the idea of saving it's essentially in Rich Dad Poor Dad, how he puts it, how he presents it, is the is the poor mindset, because you're not using that money to help you generate more money. Again, you're saving money. You're you're putting it into liabilities versus assets. So that's my whole thing, you know. Like with my wife and I, she's a lot better at living happy money versus me because she's like, you know, she says that do not let, or she likes the idea that you should not let money stop you from doing the things that you like to do because it makes you feel good for the longest time that was such a foreign concept to me and i was like no i cannot afford xyz no we can't do this we cannot go on a vacation because we can't afford it and it's funny because like you know since we started i've i've really grown been trying to grow my views and my relationship on money and uh, i feel like i'm going down that path now to to bring this up so to kind of touch into one of the first things about Happy Money by Ken Honda, he brings the idea of, you know, 
emotions into your money versus psychology of money. That was more of a breakdown into again the psychology of how your behavior pretty much your behaviors why you would act a certain way yeah this adds emotion which is a very eastern way of thinking for the most part versus western western way of thinking about money is very like analytical and this is a broad sense you know general not everyone thinks this way but eastern i love the way they tend to think about certain aspects like you and i were just talking about this there's a concept out there called ikigai like this is a japanese concept that means a reason for being. So if you guys want to know a little bit more about that, you know, to go over it really quickly, it's the concept that there are essentially four elements in your life that if you have the right about right amount of balance, then you have reached ikigai. And those four elements is what you love, what you're good at, what you can be paid for, and what the gen the what the world needs. Because of like this concept, it it, it, it like I brought this into the book itself. Like, you know, while I was reading Happy Money, I was thinking about Ikigai in that again, like, are you doing what you love? Are you good at what you do? Are you getting paid for it? And does it help the world? Like, those are four questions that Ikigai presents. So that way you can think about those concepts and stuff. Like, I I know I mentioned it, (laughs) but that doesn't present, that doesn't allow you to go, you know, to, to reach Ikigai. Well, I am reaching Ikigai. I, I can pursue what I want to pursue and give value. But you're not there yet. I won't get paid for it yet, though. <laughs> it'll be, it'll so be like three the... of the four things of Ikigai. <laughs> <laughs> then you're like, yo, three or four of that. <laughs> three, you know, three or four. That's close yeah. enough. It's cool, though, right? Like, this kind of presents it in the same way. So happy money, again, is just the first thing we can dive into is letting go of expectations. That's an important thing because... That will help you shift your money idea ideals and help you realize where it's really controlling you. My whole thing about this, I mentioned a little bit, is that you know, if I did not have enough of money, like I do not spend it on something that you know I don't need, type of thing. And that's something that I've lived up uh, or I've grown up with. And can you like did you, you had some pretty big like other? Um, I guess you can say like money lessons taught to you by your parents, right? Like stuff that like kind of grown with you <laughs> zero zero money I have to learn <laughs> it's different it's i don't know as far as money wise i don't think my mom really instilled money values it's more so what not more... to do that's important too <laughs> <laughs> that's important you know when you keep your eyes open and learning from other people well it's the values that my mom would say it's it's not money based per se it's more so being prepared and i don't know that didn't really help me with money because money was still a foreign well money isn't really foreign the literacy part is the one that i lacked so that's what made me bad with money um yeah but i think a lot of us do that like a lot of us have that same thing (laughs) same train of thought yeah, because like I don't know, I think I don't think anybody really taught my mom how to manage money either. It's kind of sucks because then having immigrant grandparents and then teaching our, well, I don't know if they taught, but they definitely passed on what they knew about money onto our parents, whom are also immigrants, trying to tackle America and its scammy ways <laughs> capitalistic capitalistic views. ways uh but you know it's everything comes at a cost and so like there's this fear of money or 
expectation that you know you mentioned and it's um i guess we can kind of tie this in i know that my mom definitely took out her frustrations out on me and it's probably due to her lack of ability to manage money so then like phrases would come out like uh do you deserve that or i already bought you clothes or uh, is that even worth it and it's those phrases where it kind of makes you feel bad about wanting something or wanting to spend something and it's like uh, the last time you bought me clothes was like 10 years ago or you know (laughs) (laughs) but you actually bought yourself clothes (laughs) (laughs) or i always buy you food or you eat too much and it's those like the negativity or toxicity coming through those phrases that kind of make you feel bad about spending money so then that expectation kind of comes well it affected me and like oh i don't want like I place my value with money somehow it's it's like oh I don't want to do this because then it would cost money so it's like I'm reaching malnourishment because I'm eating too much food (laughs) so I should stop eating so much food (laughs) right yeah I appreciate you sharing that because that's exactly what this touches on like unfortunately we all don't come from backgrounds where again we are financially literate about certain things and we're heavily influenced by moments like that where especially if they're negative and you're being you know you're you're the blame essentially in that case it's so difficult to grow your relationship and how you view money and in that note or on that note this showcases that everyone has their own money issues that's something important to remember as well like no matter if you have if you're a millionaire or you know you're in the other 99% where you are just working to live unfortunately this is where realizing and accepting the fact that just because you have more money does not mean that all your problems will go away and that's a very materialistic way of thinking about it right like of course if you have more money you open up certain gateways to be able to pay off your bills you know you know you're able to live a healthier lifestyle stuff like that you're able to provide more uh yourself specifically in the terms of your basic needs however again everyone still has those issues like whether you want a million dollars right now of course it'll help you it will like you know i it'll help anyone (laughs) but you will still continue to have money problems that you'll always be worried about yeah like if i definitely had a negative perspective on money too so like it's that toxicity that was mentioning before with money is like oh money is bad or you know I forget his examples in the book where he was kind of like labeling if you're like a hippie or if you're like this or whatever. And there there was like a certain uh, mindset behind money where if you hate money, you just take in money and then you like spend it really quick or you give it away, which kind of hinders you because then you need money to kind of take care of your own bills or to save and, you know, pretty much reinvest that money for your own future. You know, if my view on money was oh, money is bad because my mom's always unhappy, then it's like, oh, like it affects my behavior and not capitalizing on potential to like or move up in a workplace to get more money and then taking that extra paycheck or extra amount left over after bills to reinvest that money and then let that money kind of uh, develop something more positive or to have left enough leftover money to donate to a charity that I like or you know for a better 
positive outcome outside of just bills and materialistic superficial things. Mm -hmm. Um, That was definitely not something that my mom had. So therefore the, her behavior has always been negative and there's no joy in money. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And that's super important to kind of touch on and we'll go over like the flow of money, kind of like, you know, touch on an important topic of flow of money and how you bring it. But like to round this out a little bit, your expectations on money will not bring you happiness just because you have more of it is uh, essentially what I'm trying to get at. And a good example is like us in the United United States States. uh, versus other countries like the Philippines. I've been to the Philippines. We have family in the Philippines. Funny because they also, of course, have to work to live and stuff like that. But their lifestyle out there, they're content with what they have. And for us, it may not be, it may not seem enough like, for us, like we have a house. It has multiple stories. No, it's not like crazy big guys. <laughs> I'm not saying that. Multiple it has, stories. you know, it has a two story. It's a two story house. Um, you know, it has enough rooms for us and stuff like that. And for some people, you may think that's too small. They may, you know, they may think that they can't afford it, stuff like that. But in the Philippines, they have uh, essentially an apartment where they're very clustered together, and it's normally like six to seven to eight people per this like house in and and like they might e they might have like a two bedroom house and some houses don't even have plumbing so it was just like either hole in the ground or something like that and you know the shower is like normally just cold which is funny because like it's always hot over there anyway so they don't mind it but stuff like that like they have less luxuries than we do however they don't allow they don't let that stop them from being happy like they enjoy their life and like the amount of happiness over there that they have like is crazy like they even though they don't have a lot of money they still treated us to feasts they always made sure we had more than we needed to eat every single time like we were over there like when we go to you know one of our cousins house or one of eliza's cousins uh house tons of food tons of food like you know like no matter what they spend money on their family you know even though they don't have a lot so like opening that up you don't need a lot to be happy is just what your definition of happiness truly is. And of course, normally finances tie into that. It's an important thing to remember that like, even though you're poor does not mean that you cannot be happy. Even if you're rich does not mean that you will be happy. Those are the expectations to let go, right? And that's how you like, again, continue to use money more as a tool than as like a guiding force in your life. Well, I like how he mentioned it in the book where he's like, money is kind of like energy. So if you have a positive energy with money, it's you can be happier because there's oh man, I didn't write where I was gonna go with that thought. So. <laughs> yeah. So you're touching on the flow of money, flow which of is energy. again having a positive energy is almost like being a magnet to generating uh, to to allow more flow of money in to your life. So you know the general idea is like. Because you have a positive relationship with your money uh, and you're doing stuff like giving versus just receiving, giving is a very powerful force in this. The more you give, the more you're going to get back. You, we hear that quote all the time. It's in this like, case. But the way he explains it, he doesn't. He says it without mentioning karma. So, Correct. Like yeah. it, It's more intentional than karma. Yeah. It's more like, oh, if you're doing this, you most likely will have this happen versus the idea of flow of money is like if you 
give to charity, like you said, you know, you're receiving something back. And most of the time it's in the form of happiness. It's in the form of self-fulfillment that, you know, you're happy with that. And then um, because of that too, like, you know, let's just say cosmic forces will provide you more money. Like I think about the idea that Eliza and I, again, we're in a very fortunate position. We normally try to give to a children's hospital whenever we can. And it's like, for most people, it's a hefty amount. Like it's 500 bucks. Even then for me, like that's still a lot for me. But it's something that makes me feel really good because it's two cause that we really both enjoy. Um, and from it, it's like, you know, there's, sometimes they give out like raffles and stuff. Like we're not in it for the raffles, but if we get something cool, you know, like that's totally fine. However, giving to our charity makes us feel good about having money. You know, like you just we have money. A, we're able to give away. You just jogged a memory of mine. And this was when I used to work at Cheesecake Factory and I was closing up shop. So I didn't clock out to like 11 or so p.m. I was walking outside to my car and then it was raining outside. And then this kid comes up to me and he's like, hey, can I have like five dollars? And then I didn't have a five on me, but I had a 10. So I gave him a 10 and then he needed the money for an Uber. But then his phone didn't work. <laughs> and I was like, oh, OK, well. So I ended up uh, giving this kid a ride and I dropped him off at this, like, I don't know. It was like at this King Supers. It looked kind of sketchy. And I was like, <laughs> but on the car ride there, I was talking to him about like, oh, do, do you got a job or like where, uh, where do you work? Like that way you can start working. I was trying to help him out. Like you need a job so you can pay for your own stuff and get your own car, fix your phone. And then, <laughs> but nearing the end of that car ride i was reaching that destination that he was pointing me to in my head i was like do i ask for my ten dollars back because he doesn't <laughs> because he's no longer asking for uber it, it's, it's me you know but then in my mind i was at i was like wait if i need my ten dollars back <laughs> what does that say about me <laughs> that, that's so that, funny that i'm incapable of earning ten dollars again or that it's it's truly that difficult for me to get ten dollars back or like through earning or whatever so after i dropped him off um i was like you can go ahead and keep that ten dollars and make sure you find that or make sure you get a job <laughs> or whatever i forgot what i said but after that i was like huh that felt kind of good to give him ten dollars and drop him off luckily i didn't get stabbed or anything it was kind of <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he well he was a young kid i think he was only like 17 or something like that and i was like geez i felt bad for him <laughs> but yeah. Kind of charity, but kind of like a charity. Yeah, no, it's it's important to remember Ooh. that we give money. We make ourselves story out with way more. Is that also at the Cheesecake Factory? I um I clocked out my break, and I was walking to my car in the parking lot. It, it was daylight this time, like I don't know one ish. I was walking to my car, and then this uh, big truck. He was driving fast, but not to try and uh, run me over but he parks like right in front of me his window down and then he hands me a $20 bill and he's like that's <laughs> and like, what that's funny <laughs> and, and like, drove what the... and then I was like okay and he just gave me a 20 just thought it was a weird uh roundabout yeah I don't know I don't know if it was whatever anyways back was that before or after was that before or after you gave him the 10 the give gave the kid 10 oh it was it was like definitely several months after the that um, dropping off that kid well not several okay. months maybe like a month or so 
Yeah, just some time afterwards. Yeah. I see. Yeah. And it's so important to remember that, like, uh, I'll, I'll touch on this too, like, uh, it's the abundance of money. We talked about it in Rich Dad, Poor Dad, in the fact that, you know, money is a concept. It's it's not essentially, it is a physical thing we can touch now, but in concept, it has no value. It's a piece of paper. And because it's a piece of paper, it can get printed. And right now we're seeing that in the <laughs> government okay. with uh, all the, the bank failures. I, I just want to tie it into a real life situation because right now, a lot of, well, there's a big bailout for the banks. And we're seeing, I believe the number was $200 billion of new money being printed. That's without balancing the, the government. And of course, there's going to be re- repercussions. But in this case, shows the fact that, again, money is the infinite. idea of money, don't, don't money let, is infinite. Don't let anybody tell you that it's finite. because <laughs> Yeah, especially yeah. because when you think that right now, what you have in your bank account is all you have. That's not necessarily true in the terms of money. Like money is out there. There's a ton of money out there. The important concept is how are you earning it, right? Like, are you, you know, working in a specific job? You're working two jobs, one job, like whatever it is, it's how you're making that money versus money itself. So understanding how money works is important to how you start to shift your ideas and feelings away from the fact that money should overtake your life because you don't have enough of it. That's really important because in abundance, like the abundance mindset mindset opens up so many more possibilities for you. If you're able to work through and accept the fact that, again, there's abundance out there, you know, like most of us here have an abundance of food. Yes, like the true number of food and energy out there in the world is finite to a point, right? Like, again, I think it's if we continue using fossil fuels for as much as we are right now, we've technically run out of it in like 2020 or 2050 or something like that. It's within our time span right now in this moment for us, it is abundant. Well, I want to, yeah, I want to touch on the abundance part. What's more helpful is believing that you'll receive more money. And it's not because someone's, (laughs) someone's going to drive up in a truck and hand you $20. (laughs) But they could, but they could. (laughs) But like simply believing that there's an abundance helps you find more opportunities to receive more money, that you're not limited to your job to give you money. It's opening up your mind to finding out more ways that, or to be more resourceful because sure you can clock in every day, but what if you want to quit? And then you're locked into this mindset of, oh, I can't quit because this is my job and I don't want to find a new job or uh, you're already established at this job, so therefore you can't quit this job, but you're also unhappy. But if you have abundance, you're like, oh, there's tons of ways to make more money, especially now with social media. And then I keep talking to you about this, where it's like, yo, I want to quit so bad because I just <laughs> yeah. want to make money off of like YouTube or something like that. And I should have done it sooner. But it's, but even that mentality where you can uh, resort to social media, that's a gift that not everyone capitalizes on because we're so afraid of social media or we're we're afraid of not being liked or we're afraid of opening ourselves up it's <laughs> those are limiting your opportunities and that would actually be a lack of abundance because now you're narrowing yourself to this one single resource of just clocking in day in and day out at your day job and also being unhappy about it Mainly exactly. talking about myself, but <laughs> <laughs> of 
personal experience, personal experience. <laughs> so recognizing that abundance is magnetic is a very, very powerful mindset to try to shift yourself to because abundance applies to everything and not just money specifically. But abundance is magnetic in the fact that you just mentioned. You may, you know, you may think that you're stuck in a position when if you look online anywhere, there there are tons of jobs out there. There are also, you know, a ton of people also looking for the same jobs. But for you specifically, you got to recognize that there are options out there. Let's say you're working at Subway even, right, making $17 an hour. You really could just look at working at McDonald's and making $19 an hour. And again, that's like a very small thing. And then continue to build on the idea of abundance. There's an abundance of knowledge out there. YouTube, as you mentioned, is a powerful resource to be able to expand your education in anything. Specifically, you know, what I'll touch on is software engineering. If you want to learn how to program or to code, all of it's on YouTube. There's great, great instructors on there for free. Whole courses you can learn and all you need is a computer and internet access. Another cool thing is everything, everywhere, all at once. There was only like nine editors and they learned how to edit on YouTube. Exactly. Creators and editors and everything, everywhere, all at once won a ton of Oscars. I think it was like eight or nine awards in general during yeah, awards season. Fun, dude. Like, it's like so much. That's an abundant. Uh, that's an abundance of awards. That's <laughs> an abundance of awards. <laughs> it's it's really surprising how much abundance you bring into your life, specifically when you don't allow it to be a materialistic thing. It's difficult. It, it, and we're not saying like this is going to be an overnight thing. You know, it's going to continue to recognize moments where you're like, I may not have a ton of money, but maybe I have a ton of friends. I have a ton of family. I have a ton of love. I have a ton of uh you know happiness in general like kind of bills a ton of bills <laughs> you know recognizing that's important <laughs> it's you will attract more money when you realize that there's just so much out there you have to be open to the possibilities and put in the work that's another concept that you know you're gonna have to rationalize again if you are someone in the food industry trying to break out into um a a, a, a job in the tech field Let's say you do want to become a software engineer. You're going to have to take the time and, you know, some resources to get there. Like if you go into YouTube, it will take you probably, you know, if you're dedicating your time six months, ideally and more realistically, it'll probably take you about a year or two to truly build on your skills, the right amount of projects and find the right opportunities to be able to apply to because you're not going to get a senior position right off the bat, you know, depending on how many projects you do. You could see a junior position open up and go for that, right? So it's all about viewing abundance in the fact that it's magnetic uh, and not limiting yourself to what you can't do, but what you're not seeing. You just have to look. Yeah, a ton of opportunities. There's a lot of temp gigs too that you can, uh, temp apps, temp apps? Temp apps. Temp apps. (laughs) Well, like, you know, TaskRabbit or those LaborJack or like there's jobs that you can sign up for that will always provide you a way to make money so long as you're not, I don't know, uh, should I call it laziness or pickiness or I think, okay, when you when shit hits the fan and you have no options left, there's going to be temp jobs available for you. Yeah. And that could just help you kind of scrape on by until you do find a secure position. And then that's, you know, the idea of abundance. It's 
tons of ways to make money so you're not trapped or powerless. Everything you said to, you know, increasing that salary, raise stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. There's an abundance mindset. There's a lot of topics and articles you can read about that as well to dive into more details about the idea of abundance. But again, abundance here is magnetic and it leads to the flow of money. Uh, the more money you realize is out there for you to potentially gain, you should also try to give that away. And to dive into the next topic is showing gratitude towards money. This is a very interesting, intriguing, and um, for me, eye-opening concept to building your relationship with money. Because when you thank it for coming in, everyone loves when they get money. And of course, they might they may thank the resource that they get it from, whether it's uh, a gift from someone or even a paycheck, right? Like you're like, yes, finally, I got money to do X, Y, Z, or uh, I finally have money to pay for bills. However, a, a more difficult concept to do is thanking money when it goes out. So in this case, instead of getting money for bills, now you're using that money to pay bills. Do you ever thank your money to pay bills? Like, have you ever done that before? Have you ever thanked your money? Now to now. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird, right? So the idea of origato in, origato out is odd when you really think about it. However, it does build that thing because gratitude helps build relationships almost faster than any other kind of uh, denominator. I don't know if, I, if, I'm, exactly. if I want to go that route, but, <laughs> but it's an important factor in building relationships. You know, like if someone does something for you, you would thank them. I would hope they do. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we don't really, yeah, we don't treat our money like that. We're just like, I need to pay bills. And then it's this needy type of thing. Like, boom, it hits your bank account and then it goes empty really quick. So taking that time to just appreciate that you made money at all and then having enough to, in fact, pay bills, just that small necessary, well, not necessary then, but can be necessary now for you to just be thankful, grateful that you had the money to pay it off. And then it, I think it brings a different kind of peace to your mind because now it's not such a hustle mentality or... Uh, I don't know, like a weighing mentality on you because you're like, oh, I have bills. Ugh. And, it, you know, that draggy type of aura or energy about you that's always kind of, uh, I can't think of words today. <laughs> like, <laughs> All I can think of is like, it is a negative energy, but that negative energy kind of impacts just your daily life as well. It's no, knowing that you have bills to pay and then you're just like, ugh, now I have no money, ugh. And it's dragging your energy down and it doesn't have to. All right. If you thank money for going out, that idea of you, have you ever tried to thank any, like anyone while you're stressed out? Odds are when you thank, for, thank, you, thank someone while you're stressed out, your stress goes down and it's, I can't prove this, you know, like I'm not a, I'm not a, a scientist or anything, but the psychology of it is because you're, sh you're sharing your stress with someone else when you say thank you. So there's less of a weight off of you. Like even when you go and let's say like you're stressing out, you need coffee, you go to Starbucks. And of course, a lot of times we offhandedly say thank you, you know, when we receive something, if you put a little bit of intention behind it, the amount of stress you, you get from it decreases just by a little bit. 
And I can apply that for me specifically because I have such a hard time being stressed or angry when I try to thank someone. You know, like if someone opens the door for me and I'm having a bad day, when I thank someone, I tend to look and reflect on that moment. Like, okay, someone just showed me a piece of kindness. And so it's almost like a bookmark in that moment for me when I thank someone. I also love thanking people in general because it shows it. We talked about this in uh, Illyrian psychology and uh, the courage to be disliked. It creates a horizontal relationship, you know, an equalness, uh, inequality to the fact that no one's above me, no one's below me. Same thing with my issues and my problems. Like my problems are not below me. My problems are not above me, whatever, you know, my problems are equal to me. I am my problems. And that's even more like, uh, you know, get philosophical than it needs to be. But thinking and showing gratitude just allows you to open so many more doors up in to yourself emotionally that, again, you're able to accept the fact that money comes and goes. And because, you know, you had 100 bucks and use those 100 bucks to pay off your bills, now you have zero. At least now you are thankful that you have a house over or you still have a roof over your head and maybe um, you can survive for another few months. And again, practice the idea that opportunities are also abundant so you continue to look for jobs and stuff like that like again not everyone's situations that's super ideal but the possibilities are out there and will be presented to you when you go looking for it because that's the flow of life when you go looking or when you ask questions sooner or later you will receive an answer it's something i believe in as well indeed basically be happy <laughs> be happy and don't let money dictate that happiness <laughs> yeah I, I guess like just showing gratitude helps you process everything that way it doesn't just sit in your mind as stress or anxiety or some sort of weight holding you down i don't know i make minimum wage but even though i did complain about it in previous episodes that's just me voicing feelings but my action and behavior outside of all this is that like yeah I'm actually fine with minimum wage. I think that's why it's like difficult to be thrusted into a supervisor position and then taking more uh, responsibility. Like the money is nice, but also at the same time, I'm not craving the money as in like from a logical, practical perspective. Yeah, I can use utilize that extra income to get stuff paid off. That would probably be a smart decision to follow through on, which I'm just going with the flow and will probably do. But Outside of that, remove the logical and machinery type of thinking behind it. It would be like, yeah, but am I actually happy and okay with what I got right now? It's like, yeah, <laughs> I'm still able to pay off all the things that I'm able to pay off. And then I still have leftover money for extra stuff. I might not be able to afford super expensive stuff immediately, but I can save up for it because there is actual like a positive net income allowing me to save up to buy other stuff. So yeah you know I, I like that it, i was also just reminded the other day by one of our cousins who mentioned that you know he's he's gotten me into day trading and so like it's it's been a journey for me to try to become profitable in day trading because i have the time and again i have you know additional funds that i want to try to help generate build and generate more funds and you know i i will be honest like you know like i'm not profitable right now i've been losing money and I've been voicing it to him and he reminded me, he's like, well, do you still got a job? I was like, yeah, I still got a job. And he's like, you can still pay your bills and everything, right? And you technically still have money left over after. I'm like, yeah, that's true. He's like, well, you have everything you need. And all you're doing right now is just trying to make more money. It's like, okay, well, that's true. Like, you know, like 
it's taking me a while to accept the fact that that's true, even though I'm losing money in this case, right, in day trading. However, if I stop day trading, I still have my job. I'm still making money, like, you know, a good amount of money. And so, like, I can't be mad at the fact that I'm losing money emotionally, yes. However, it's okay. It's okay because I'm learning, one. Two, it's even though I'm losing all this money, I know I can get it back. You know, like, I saved this amount of money in a short amount of time. I lost money in a shorter amount of time, but that does not mean I can not like gain that all back. And so again, I'm going through this growth process where my ideal money is again, more in abundance. Like, you know, I can lose X amount. I can also gain X amount pretty easily. There's more ways for me to gain X amount right now too, to let's say pay off X amount. Um, all those, you know, being preppers that we we were taught to be, <laughs> allowed me to be more okay with the fact that I lost X amount because I know, let's say, you know, I got obviously money tied into the house, stuff like that. I have money saved up my savings account and a joint and stuff like that. I have money in retirement. So even if I get to that point where I'm, I have a lot of debt by the time I retire, I can use that money to pay it off. Is that ideal? Not necessarily, but you know, it, it's a part of life, you know? So, yeah. Something that we are touching on but haven't really addressed is that um, we're, we're actually afraid of or it's not money that we're afraid of. It's anxiety and fear about the future or something that's changing. And that's what we're afraid of, not the actual money portion. Money is just it's like it's just a tool. <laughs> the tool. Yeah. Look at it as a tool, like a wrench or something like that. A more complex wrench. <laughs> a wrench with knobs and buttons. Uh, you know, some crypto in here, <laughs> some digital. <laughs> <laughs> but the cool thing that Ken Honda mentions is that we can't focus on two emotions at the same time. So if we focus on the joy that money can bring, then, you know, your savings and anxiety can thank you for it. <laughs> And don't yeah. you want less anxiety in this world that's just full of it, you know? There's too much negativity out there already. Don't put it on yourself. <laughs> and then just like another fun uh, tip that he mentions in the book is that busy doesn't mean business is flowing because you can't keep yourself busy, but maybe you're just overworking yourself. And, you know, the idea of progressing, but you're not actually progressing, you know, just keep yourself in check. <laughs> yeah. And it's important to factor in your mental health when you're doing all these things. Yeah. Like we hear about the hustle and the grind all the time and people work in 80 hour weeks to achieve X, Y, Z, but are they truly happy in that moment? And uh, I think you, I don't know if you showed it to me or maybe I, I stumbled upon a, a YouTube short <laughs> where a guy interviewed a billionaire and asked if uh, doing all the work to become a billionaire was worth it. The billionaire said that during the time that he made his money and grow, grew his business, he lost his family. His wife divorced him, and I think he had like two or three kids who, whom, um, well, who the wife got custody over. And he says, was all that worth it? No. He said that if he had to go back in time, he would definitely change things. And again, everyone has their own problems, their own issues, and how they address stuff. And so... Yeah, like, of course, it'd be nice to have a billion dollars. And, you know, if you're the type of person, be like, nah, I can get another family, like, cool. But <laughs> if you value family, if you value love, those are the things that money cannot replace. And one 
shift in mindset that has helped me a little bit as well is when I start getting into the mindset of, oh, should I spend money? Should I should I do X, Y, Z because it costs money? I think about the fact is, is this going to make me less poor rich? Um, and then I also fine tune that to, does this add to my overall wealth? Now, the difference between rich and wealthy, right? Being rich and being wealthy is that rich is technically a finite thing. You can try to quantify it as the number of assets and uh, how much liquidity and cash you have. Wealth is a lot more general. It's a lot more broad and it allows you to add a lot more to it. So when I ask, does this take away from my overall wealth? Let's say if I wanted to go golfing and it costs 40 bucks. And right now, like, can I afford 40 bucks? It's a little tight. Does it add to my wealth? Yes. Does it take away from my richness? Or richness? <laughs> sure. But if it adds to my overall wealth, then that's an investment I'm willing to take because my wealth is not tied to just my finances. My wealth is also applies to, um, to be quite honest, like how happy am I? Do I have enough love in my life? Do Am I spending time with the people I should spend time with? Like those are things that make me wealthy in my definition. Interesting. I like it. Quite. <laughs> Quite. Quite. Oh, yes. Yeah. So happy money to me, I, I think it's a positive learning <laughs> investment uh, into our financial literacy. It's just new perspective on how to think about certain things. Do you find that spending all that money on Yu-Gi-Oh cards? <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually laughing. <laughs> I'm laughing because like Eliza brought this up the other day. My oh, wife brought it up the other day. Because I we were walking through Target and then I was like, man, I can't believe I spent so much money on Yu-Gi-Oh cards when we were younger. You know, like I think it was close, probably close to a few hundred dollars, really. And a lot of money. <laughs> so much money. And she asked, like, yeah, but like it made you happy, right? I was like, oh, absolutely. Like it's one of our childhood things. Like, uh, we might get a tattoo soon. Dude, you know, and <laughs> it might be it might be Yu-Gi-Oh tattoo. Like that's what I'm thinking because it mattered so much to me as when I was a kid. Yeah, right, bro. You're gonna get a what? Blue eyes, white dragon. Shoot, maybe something. I don't know. <laughs> you should get it. I'm still Bell debating it. Zatch <laughs> yeah. Bell, the, the that, show that no one watched. <laughs> or even play the game. I think only us two play the game. That card, card game. Like, I, I, no one even in school played card game with us. Like, yeah. Zatch Bell is such a, a niche anime. <laughs> yeah. Was, I don't know if anyone appreciates it. Shoot. Yeah. yeah. And think about it though, like if we had kept our Yu-Gi-Oh cards, That's and I know you still have a few, yeah. <laughs> a lot of those Yu-Gi-Oh cards are wor well worth, you know, a few hundred, a few thousand dollars if you kept them in uh, good condition, which a lot of my cards were. So like, it's funny to think now, like, yes, I spent a lot of money on something that I really loved, and had I kept it, technically would have made me more money because I know I had a few of those like super rare cards. Dude, you know, you know that uh, Raiders player that quit and then he started a trading uh card trading company or something and then he made more money mm -hmm. than his actual contract with the raiders ah I no i did not hear that send it to you but yeah I, yeah i wonder who the player is uh, i forget i forget his name because I, I don't know all the raiders players but i think it was a Yu-Gi-Oh collector too no, it might have been Pokemon. It's always Pokemon when it when it reaches. It's either millions. Pokemon or Magic. Magic, oh, yeah, Magic. Pretty big. Dude, I spent a lot of money on Magic too. <laughs> yeah. What about <laughs> Beatemon? 
Oh, Battle Beatemon, baby. Yeah, another Beat-a-mon. another thing that no one really played except for us two. It was just like this tiny little toy that shot out marbles. <laughs> <laughs> it has like a little action figure that shot out marbles. And it was also an anime, so we got caught up on that. What else did we spend on? The what is it? The tops. The uh Oh, Beyblade. That was- Beyblade. That was super fun. Beyblade. Super cool. It was a cool concept in anime, but then you go back and watch it, it's like cheesy. They all cheesy though. Like, well, Yu-Gi-Oh is kind of cool if we actually had like a stadium, stadium that (laughs) that hologrammed these monsters to life. That would be cool because then you can actually see the monsters battling rather than just two sweaty ass dudes playing cards. (laughs) Yeah, just kidding. Not everyone is sweaty, but with with the onset of AR technology, that could probably be a thing now. They could probably like showcase like a whole new way of how we view uh i guess these kind of tournaments you know like even D D, you know D coming back into popularity it's like the cool thing now <laughs> like the cool thing it's, it's such a cool thing now and if we bring in the rise of the nerds like, you know this is the rise of the nerds come on baby here we are here we are trying to capitalize <laughs> <laughs> <Like, laughs> so just to tie it back to everything, like I do want to bring it back to the concept of Ikigai. This has helped me like conceptualize Ikigai a lot more. Like again, being able to do something that you love, something that you're good at, something that pays you, and it's something that the world needs. It's a difficult idea. However, it's out there. And the possibilities how to achieve of how to achieve Ikigai is abundant. So that's the one thing I want to leave everyone with here too, is just like you can do what you love. You can do what you're good at. You can also do it for money, get paid for it. The world probably needs whatever you have to give. Sounds like you're talking to me personally. Like <laughs> you, kinda, you, you, <laughs> you. So, yeah, well, maybe I can quit my job, achieve Ikigai, achieve get it, you value, get money. Sounds easy. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, <laughs> I guess uh, we're good with the episode. Anything else you want to... No, this one's all you, man. This was all you. Well, thank you guys all for listening. Uh, as we discuss, happy money. I'm Derek. I'm Kevin. And tune in for uh, more content coming at you soon. Bye! Bye.